Previous time now, and joining me back on the Talking TV sofa is Faraz Osman. First up, something of a tradition on Talking TV. Yes, another Access documentary. This time, BBC One is taking us inside KFC for the billion-dollar chicken shop. The three-part series is made by Wild Pictures, the indie behind ITV's successful prison documentaries, including Strange Ways. Here we meet Beth, a 17-year-old college dropout who has just joined a branch of KFC in Manchester. I'm on drive through too. Hi, welcome to KFC. Can I take your order, please? Is that large? So I take the order through the headset, try and make them spend more money. Yeah, would you like to have two hot wings on tap for 99p? Would you like two hot wings for 99p? Would you like to go large with that? Thank you. Someone said about me once, if they could make a replica of me and put it in every single store, they completely would. It's got that in it. Is this just a, another replica of every other inside access documentary, Faraz? I, I think it's quite good that we're getting really good, strong access docs. It does, it does feel like more and more corporations are... I wonder if it's like the work of Undercover Boss, where like they've seen that, that's worked. More and more companies want to open their doors to, to getting their brand on, on air and, and like loosen the kind of PR shackles along the way. I mean, this, this, this has a few odd things when you're watching it. There's, there's not really any clear mention about the Americanism of of KFC. So you don't really get a sense that this is a big American company that's come to the UK. I didn't even think about that. Exactly. You just kind of feel like, oh, this is KFC. It's, it's a British thing. And it's obviously not. It's a big American company, as far as I'm aware. Apart it's, from the colonel, which they, they delve into his history a little bit. Yeah, but you want to know more about what the Americans think about how we are using their brand, and I think. And, and then on, on top of that, obviously, they're, they're kind of, there's, there's two big elephants in the room. One is how much the PR guys are behind the scenes kind of pulling <laughs> the levers. And, and the other one is, is obviously what Channel 4 did, with chicken shop and you know this is this is there is a feeling that we've seen this all before there's not really an exploration into the obesity crisis and and what what the you know how these guys are working there so there's there are a few things that uh, that feel like they're missing along the way but it's still fascinating you're still getting what those good access stocks do which is feeling like you're getting a sense of British culture and and you know the unseen faces that that kind of run the UK in, in effect and you know there are there are some great characters in it the community up in is it Doncaster I think it's Doncaster it's yeah um, I, uh, it, but the, the community I there that, the, the community there that are campaigning against the KFC coming to yeah, the town yeah I mean they're, they're great characters in their own right and um, and that's a really good strong story um, and you do feel like you're getting some some honesty from from the brand about what they're trying to do and, and what's going on so and it's, it's Brian, a great watch the inspector. Yeah, Brian, he's great. He's brilliant, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's, I think, probably the best thing about the show, in Absolutely. my view. Absolutely. And actually, you, you wonder if, if PR companies and, and um, like the corporate heads that want to do this are getting more and more savvy about finding characters that they know will work really well on TV and putting them forward as kind of going, oh, this person does this and this person does that. And, you know, they are really, really strong characters. Some of the managers they've got there are great. The, I, I will say, I don't think the managing director of KSC comes off very well. He doesn't seem like a very likable person when I was watching it. So that's that'll be interesting to see what the fallout from that is. He sort of slipped into management jargon every yeah. now and then, which is always dangerous on television I think. absolutely but I mean full disclosure we we are Nando's video agency we do a lot of work with them and, and they are really I would argue I would say this but they are the big chicken shop success story and and to have a whole documentary with where Plug they don't alert. even get but it's but it's true it's like everyone talks about Nando's and to have a to have a documentary an access documentary about a chicken shop where there's another chicken shop they that, do mention Nando's has, the truck driver mentions Nando's. yeah there's like one passing reference to it I've, <laughs> I saw and I was a bit like you know that's that's the real phenomenon where they 
we've taken chicken and chips and turned it into an absolute cultural phenomenon, and yet you've still got these kind of drive-throughs, which is an American brand, which feels a little bit dated. I genuinely was quite surprised that they're growing. I was expecting this to be a whole KFC and crisis stock, and, and actually it seems like they're doing quite well. But it's a great watch. I'm surprised that it's two parts, or maybe it's even three. more. It's three parts, mm. which is... Great for KFC. The more you know, that's that's a huge advertising cost that they save there. But um, so it'd be good to see what else they're going to uncover along the way. But what did you make of Ralph Little? I thought he was a very irritating in yeah. the first fifteen minutes, but then he sort of he sort of fades into the background, and some of the characters start to come through, and he does less talking. Doesn't I, he? I didn't I didn't get it was him until the credits rolled, so I was quite surprised to see his name pop up at the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you know he did. Um, he, he took he took you through it. There's there's nothing kind of crazy surprising. The thing that irritated me. This is a really small thing, and I'm being really pernickety now. But the thing that irritated me was the Astons that came up with a typewriter, and the, that's where I'm like, this feels like an that's that's an old dated mechanism. But you know, other than that, it's a, it's a great watch. It's it's well produced. Um, They've they're obviously been doing it for a while because this episode is a lot about Valentine's Day and unless they turn it around in a week, um, <laughs> I, I think that they've been filming this and and for, over, it yeah. for a while. Well, wild pictures they always bring a sort of journalistic rigor to the work they do and uh, that, uh, that does come through. But I do take your point about uh, some of the the PR. There is a PR exercise here sure. and you can see it. I yeah, think. I mean that's why they've done it and I don't think the audience is under any illusion that that KFC you know, uh, suddenly some camera crew turned up and started filming. I think the audience are pretty savvy to know that it's done in, in, in collaboration. But it does feel honest and it does feel like, you know, KFC have done a good job of, of opening the doors and, you know, showing, you know, they, show, they, they do the right thing. They show the chicken farm. Here's lots of chickens. We're not going to show you them being gassed and killed, but we're going to show you them happy and breeding. And you kind of get enough to kind of feel like you're getting access, but not so much to feel like, oh my God, I'm never going to eat a KFC again. So it's it's done the right thing for all parties concerned. And, you know, let's hope that it means more brands open their doors. Because I think that the public are genuinely fascinated with how these brands operate and and do it what, what they do. Oh, I'm sure we'll cover it on the, here on Talking TV if, if there are more brands opening their doors. We should inside, play some bets. Inside like, Nando's. I, th- I think that's coming from you. I, I know that they've had a number of requests and so we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay, the Billion Dollar Chicken Shop opens its doors on the 18th of March at 9pm. Uh, last on the agenda is BBC One's remake of classic 1970s period drama Poldark. The series is produced by Mama Screen and stars Aidan Turner as British officer Ross Poldark, who returns to his native Cornwall after the American Revolutionary War. Here, on the cliffs above a raging Atlantic, Poldark talks to his cousin Verity about losing his Lady Elizabeth to another man. You would have been surprised to hear about Elizabeth. I had no option on the go. It was strange how it happened. One moment she barely noticed Francis, the next... She notices mine, his house, his estate. That was uncalled for. The wedding's in a fortnight. So soon. I wish I could help you, my dear. I must find my own way out of this. (laughs) Uh, I think that sums it up quite nicely, actually. All strings and earnest breathiness. (laughs) You know, you know what this—the the thing that I couldn't get out of my head while watching this was *Made in Chelsea*. It, it feels like a period drama version of *Made in Chelsea*. There's like lots of glances to the camera, and I'm, you know, I'm expecting any time to see, you know, some some indie band crop up and uh, and do the soundtrack. It's if and and that I probably shouldn't say that because that distracted me throughout the whole of it. The main character feels like Mark Francis, and and it's like you know he's he landed the role of a lifetime. He's very watchable, Aidan Turner. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. 
He's, yeah. he's got presence. Yeah, it's 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 fine. I personally, I'm not a huge period drama fan. That's just a personal thing. I can see the merit of them. I understand why people like them. But you know, we're we're in a stage where we've got Wolf Hall. We've we've got Downton that's still doing well. And you know, is there room for another one? You know, this is this is a remake, right? There was a, yeah. an old so show was that was incredibly popular. Was, yeah, um, it was, there was two series in the 1970s, right? Massively popular. Yeah, I, I I don't know if this is going to reach the same level of success. But it's, you know, it's an interesting story, but it's, you know, it, it, I just can't get over the fact that it feels like Made in Cornwall. Well, you, you mentioned Wolf Hall. Well, you look, have you seen any of Wolf Hall? Yeah, I've seen bits of Wolf Hall. My, my better half is, you know, she's addicted to the books and, and, you know, she's been watching the show religiously. What's What I found quite interesting is that I think Wolf Hall's really, this is going to sound a bit odd, but it's, it's dark, not in, not in its tone, but actually in the lighting and kind of watching. You kind of need to turn up the brightness on your TV to actually see it. Whereas this is like the other way. This almost feels like... It's overlit and it's it feels a little bit too clean, and it's very sophisticated wallfall mm. and very layered and there's lots going on. This feels uh, much more simplistic compared to that. Yeah, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's no, not. Uh, it's not. It's not a huge criticism. Yeah, but, I kind of I kind of think that there's space to kind of do do a number of different things. But I, you know, and obviously this, that's kind of where Downton is as well. But. I just, I just feel like this, this hasn't got the legs that those, those have. I got more into it further down the line, but the acting is a, is a little bit hammy. Um, uh, the thing is, I couldn't understand why everyone's got a sort of Cornish burr apart from Aidan Turner. Yeah, well, you've been in America. Come on, he grew no? up in Cornwall. <laughs> Maybe I'm... Is it because he's part of the aristocracy? Is that why? I have no idea. Like I said, me, me and period dramas, we don't, we're not the greatest bedfellows, <laughs> and I kind of think that this is one that I watched it. I, I kind of started like any good drama. When the character started unraveling, you kind of start getting into it towards the end. But uh, I almost think that you could spoof this quite quite comfortably. Um, and it yeah. has been done. Do you remember Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer did uh, Poldark on mopeds? Oh no, I haven't seen that. That was, uh, that was a rip off. Let's of bring the that back. Seventies, yeah, it was. Uh, it's fantastic. You should look at it on YouTube. <laughs> and it, my only other gripe was. Um, I lived in Cornwall for three years and went to university. Oh, so this is personal. Yeah, this is this gets personal. <laughs> yeah, they're they're standing on the cliff edges, you know, doing their nattering and talking about what, whatever's going on. Their their lost loves and things like that. No wind. Cornwall is fundamentally <laughs> a windy place, very windy, particularly if they're standing on the edge of a cliff. So right. I don't understand what they what the producers did with the wind. Uh, open your window while you're watching it. That's, that's the advice <laughs> you need. Polled up begins on the eighth of March on BBC One at nine pm. And we've reached the end of the road for this episode. Uh, thanks for taking the ride with us. Uh, thanks also to my guests Gary Monaghan, Kate Bulkley, and Faraz Osman. I've been Jake Cantor, and the producer was Matt Hill. Goodbye for now. <laughs>